the Create Well podcast is recorded on the ancestral lands of the Tongva people. Here at Create Well, we are a labor of love, and we need your support to keep this podcast going. If you have the means, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash createwell, or go to our website, createwellpodcast.com, and click the donate button. Or if you can't support monetarily, please rate and review our podcast. Every bit helps. Welcome to the Create Well podcast, where we explore the intersection of creativity, wellness, and entrepreneurship. I'm Erica Elon. I'm a paddleboarder. I take a lot of photos and um, a teenage puppy mom still. Yay! <laughs> and you can, <clears throat> oh my gosh, you can find my work on IG at, at Erica Elon. And I'm Ray Saragossa, singer-songwriter, kind of paddleboarder too, yes. definitely jumping in more, <laughs> roller skater, dog mom, and you can find my work on IG at, at Ray Saragossa. Today, for our 30th episode, we have a very special, brand new kind of episode where we've done a live on the air, not actually live though, because we recorded it actually over a month ago, but it's a consulting session with a rising folk star, pop music, amazing human, Caitlin Mahoney. And um, so me and her sat down together and did a whole DIY creative consulting session together and we taped the whole thing and now we have it for you here today exclusively for the Create Well audience. And so we're going to jump right in and we hope you enjoy. So I'm here with Caitlin Mahoney, singer, songwriter and friend of mine for our very first live on the air create well consulting session i'm really excited about this i actually really stole this idea from one of my favorite podcasts um the cure for chronic pain with nicole Sachs, who does real-time healing like real, real real-time heals um with her philosophy on chronic pain healing and i was one of her real-time heals and basically got like a therapy session live on her podcast and it was such an incredible experience that I wanted to bring it into the Create Well podcast. And so the very amazing Caitlin Mahoney is here to be our very first experimental session person. And um, Caitlin is going to tell you a bit about herself, but she's an incredibly talented singer-songwriter based in New York City. And she's here to chat with me about um, her next album release. And so Caitlin, why don't you introduce you yourself to all of us? Hi, Ray. Hi. <laughs> I feel like almost like starstruck because I'm like a very dedicated and avid fan of this podcast. <laughs> oh like, my I gosh, just that like, means so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, and actually, it, it kind of like, it, yeah, I just, I feel really, I feel so excited to just love on you and Erica and like your oh, whole team doing this because it's love you just too. so cool. Thank um, you. Well, so. I have been doing music and writing songs and uh, releasing music for almost 10 years now. Um, that was about the time I moved to New York. I kind of like used it as a way to meet people, which is like how we first yeah. met um, along yeah. the way at like open yeah. mics and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the um, got like totally addicted to it. You know, like I loved the connection. I loved um, – writing songs and and mm -hmm. just realizing that that could provide healing for other people and like mm -hmm. while healing myself you know mm -hmm. um and so that just kind of set me on the journey I've released three records um and I've toured a lot some mm -hmm. one fun time with you which was great yes. and uh and I've gotten to see a lot of the world and just had a lot of really amazing experiences. Um, and that's kind of like where I'm coming from. And then uh, where I'm at is, you know, at the end of that, I, I think this is definitely the start of like a new chapter that I'm really excited about, which is, you know, and I, I, 
I know you've talked about this on the podcast before of like the hustle and all the different ways that it can look. And so the last chapter was like, almost like I had to prove something probably mostly to myself, but like to all these imaginary people that I, you know, felt like I needed to prove something to. And so I was just all cylinders all the time. Mm. Everything for the dream, almost like, you know, kind of above my own needs. And so Mm. kind of the next chapter of the story, both artistically for me and just like personally is like, I got super burnt out and I got to a point where I was, I was doing like very well, you know, like I was having really successful shows. I like had a, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty much sold out release for my last album. And like Mm -hmm. the next day I was just like on the floor in tears and I couldn't like really explain why for a long time. So I almost had to like put it down for a while and it was kind of scary because I was like am I gonna pick this back up am I gonna want Mm -hmm. to pick this back up this thing that I've dedicated so much of myself to yeah and yeah and so the cool which led you to (laughs) yeah which then led you to working for like the the past three years full-time with a with a day job which we've talked about on the podcast about like Elizabeth Gilbert's book Big Magic talks about like how you can absolutely pursue your dreams and your music while also like working your day job or like working <laughs> a nine to five job. Hi, Annie. <laughs> Sorry. I just heard like my fire, uh, my fire alarm chirp. So Annie is responding to the fire alarm. So hopefully Aww. that's all we hear, but if not, then maybe I might have to <laughs> we, just We are a doggy <laughs> podcast here. So we welcome all the barks. That's um, great. <laughs> And so, and then, yeah, so we went into this like period of time for the past three years where, um, your mu your music was now like in addition to your full-time job. And now you're in this place where you're going to be releasing a new album. And in our initial email, you said to me that you feel like you've kind of been like out of the game for a few years and like, you want to like reinvigorate, which is why we're here today. And, um, I think with music, as you know, and like, as everyone, all the musicians know who are listening, things change like every day, every month, every year. And so I'm excited to like, kind of shake it up with you and figure out like, what is like your next course of action. And, um, and so, yeah, so I'm so stoked. Um, and then, so Caitlin, can you tell us a little bit about, um, this new record that you're working on where you're at with it? And then um, I'm going to jump into some questions specifically that we can kind of work to work with. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And I, I just, that's exactly how I feel about like talk, talking to you about this mm-hmm. because I just feel like in that time you have been so in the, in the weeds with it all. Um, mm-hmm. So I just feel really excited to hear your, your insights. Um so I'm pretty early in the planning stages. I guess I'm I have been writing for the last year. So my goal was to kind of approach this differently instead of write for the record, write mm. a lot and then yeah. decide what the record is from there. Yeah. And so love that. Yeah. So that's been really fun and f- like very freeing and kind of mm-hmm. like a fun way to explore my mm-hmm creativity and like almost like refined the joy again that I felt like I kind of like lost touch with. Yeah. So I've been writing a lot. Um, so I'm really kind of like now I'm making plans to record the record. Like I'm, so I'm still writing, but I'm kind of like dreaming about Mm -hmm. the process too. Do you have a time or a day or any specific when you're going to record the record? Yes. So I'm going to go, um, to LA in June for about two weeks. And, mm-hmm. um, I took vacation from work, yeah. so I'm really going to be able to just like dive awesome. in. So you're going to record the record in June is, um, the person who's recording it also going to be mixing and mastering the record or are you finding someone else to do that? Yes. So it'll be Jeff Fedick, who I also worked with on um, previous records. Mm-hmm. He will be mixing 
and then we'll have someone else be mastering. Do you have any kind of like dream timeline of when you want the album to come out? I, I'm kind of thinking like early 2022 um, with like some singles maybe ahead of that. And then like also kind of thinking like a pre-order. It, it would be awesome to have it like all packaged and ready like ahead of, you know, maybe like the holiday season or like that right. gift season. But if not, right. then I think just, you know, have it wrapped up by the end of the year. Cool. And then I'm, th- I'm like, I'm kind of looking at like now might be a good time, you know, like maybe like yeah. l- late Feb or, you know, into March mm-hmm. of next year. Um, yeah, totally. It's so interesting too with like, I've talked so much about like, I, what's like, when's the ideal time to release? Like, I'm always talking about this with like yeah. the publicists I've worked with and everyone has a different answer. Like really like <laughs> different publicists I've worked with have different answers. Um, my like publicist, publicist before the one I currently work with, she always told me like actually quiet times are really good for independent artists like December and January. Um, yeah. Uh, like not so like after Christmas and then like January and then like around 4th of July because all the major artists don't have aren't like aren't releasing so there's like this lull for independent artists to kind of get like through the noise yeah but then my last publicist was very much like never released during those quiet times yeah so basically what I'm saying is like I think the best way to go about when you want to release the music is like when you want to release the music. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like curious. everyone listening, you know, it's just like, I also think that there is something about like what you're presenting and like, you know, like I'm working on a duo record with an artist and I think it's like a really summer album and I think it should come out in the summer, but I mean, it may not, but <laughs> um, also, so that's something to consider. But otherwise I think that, when we get too caught up in like when we should release it, sometimes it's just like with independent music and how you like, how, you know, like we're doing everything yourself, like things change all the time. Things aren't going to be done on time sometimes. So it's like good to be flexible. I mean, my record was pushed back like eight months. So it was like, I could not plan for any of it, but um, okay. So follow-up question is, so since you're in this preliminary stage of, of album preparation, um, are you going to be raising money for this record or do you need to be raising money for the record? So, um, not, not in like a, a Kickstarter or pledge music type mm. of way, you know, yeah. um, I, I've done that a, mm. a few times in the past and yeah. had, you know, various success and then kind mm. of also some, um, like tough things with yeah. that. Yes. Um, so RIP pledge music. RIP pledge music. I just got yeah. in at just the wrong time. And, oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, could have been way worse. Sending That's a love whole to other anyone. podcast episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast episode. Um, I know you mentioned to me on email that you would be interested in like Patreon. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to get into that a little bit because, um, so basically what I did with like, kind of like, if you're everyone listening and like, obviously you to Caitlin, it's like, if you are, we all need money to make an album. And if you are in a position where you don't need all of the money, like immediately upfront, like in a Kickstarter form, mm-hmm. I think it's a really interesting way to raise money for an album with Patreon. So it's like, instead of focusing on raising 25 grand or whatever in two, three weeks, you could focus on building a, um, a lot, like a, like a kind of like a slow burn of people coming and signing up for month on a monthly basis and having your goal be like two grand a month or even like $500 a month where you're going to like make that 25 K over the course of a year or longer. Um, and so, um, I think it's a really cool idea and I think it could be a really cool idea for you, Caitlin. Um, and you can get so creative with it. And the earlier that you start bringing everyone along for your process, the better. Um, I had my Patreon going during my writing process. And what I did is I pulled, I literally uploaded like 25 songs and then asked everyone 
like which songs do you like and i had everyone vote and it's not like i did exactly what the patrons told me to do i like told them i was gonna take this into consideration but i also have to like the managers get to vote and like everyone else on the team gets to vote too but the patron the patrons are a part of the team and they get to have their say and that absolutely um really steered me in a direction of like wanting certain songs to definitely be on the record because some of them were just very popular with the patrons. And so I think that having like a Patreon album kind of, I mean, like I, I mean, you could do something like this or you could do it in whatever kind of creative way you do. But like with mine, I like, it's like my record label. And so like all of my members are these record label executives that get to hear the music and be along for the process And what's cool is if you launch it before you record the album, you have like this really great opportunity to get all kinds of content in the studio Yeah, for the Patreon. Um, And so, um, yeah. So do you have any questions specifically for Patreon? I know like when you emailed me, we talked about this a little bit. So I wanted to make sure that we touched on it. Well, it's really cool to uh, hear you say that because that's like pretty much what I was kind of uh, like starting the the wheels yeah. for, you know, and like really yeah. kind of wanted. I'm I was curious how, like, where the timeline of that because I know that you have yeah. like really built that community and like welcomed, mm-hmm. you know, people to. It's I think it's so yeah. awesome. Um, I I do have a lot of questions about it. I think you know, just in case this resonates with other listeners, like, Mm -hmm. I think when I, because I had had, you know, some rough experiences with Pledge Music and also had a great experience with Kickstarter, but also remembered how much, Mm -hmm. like, work it was, you know, it was like such a hustle. And I did that in the middle of recording my album, which was probably effective, but a lot, you know, a lot, a lot yeah. play at once. And so I think when I was in the deep, de- like the depths of the burnout, yeah. the idea of a Patreon sounded was, exhausting. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Yes. But now I feel so excited about it because I think it would be so cool to have, like, I've been, you know, kind of checking in on Instagram and social media and doing like, you know, live streams just to kind of like stay connected with, yeah. Um people during this pandemic time and um I love the idea of having a place to do that that's not necessarily Public. social media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. I and mean, that's what I say to all my patrons all the time. It's like here's a, a safe place. Yeah. We are safe from the algorithms here. <laughs> like, you know, um and I know how you feel. Yeah. Um and I think that that like kind of like crowdfunding burnout is something that steers people away from patreon and from other platforms the one thing i'll say about patreon i'm not gonna lie like any campaign getting it off the ground is so emotionally exhausting and um but what i i love about patreon is that because the nature of it is a slow burn the stress of it i think is a slow burn too (laughs) yeah and so it's not all at once and you can create all of your own goals, which is yeah. cool on Patreon. Um, and you can kind of make it a Kickstarter style thing where you're like, hey, if you join by this day, I will do this or or whatever. So you can create a sense of urgency that is so effective on places like Kickstarter on patreon you can like cater the patreon to whatever your own sense of urgency is and if you don't and if the sense of urgency is stressful for you um then don't do it you know you can you can build it as slow as you want (laughs) you know and also i think what's great about someone like you caitlin is that you already have an audience that has contributed to things like kickstarter and pledge music so i think that people who are already familiar with crowdfunding um platforms some of them are already on patreon and for them to like join yours and just like to jump ship from like this person's and then add one more to their catalog on patreon is so easy um and so i think that um and like you said like launching a kickstarter in the middle of an album and like the middle of recording an album is so stressful so like right now it's like you've got like a couple months so you're going to be in the studio it's like the perfect time 
to start like slow burning creating this patreon thing and i think with patreon too it's like yeah like set your expectations super like i i I hate saying like low but like (laughs) super like humbled because the beginning is is hard yeah and i think that ever more people know what kickstarter is than patreon and so there is like this like i Eric Hutchinson is what is the person who kind of like onboarded me to Patreon. And he told me he was like, in your first like few months of being on Patreon, you basically like need to have like Patreon education posts on your social media. Being like, what literally like, what is Patreon? Patreon is this. This is how you can help me. Just like elementary style, explain it to everyone. And then once people like get on board with it, it's it's dope. Like everyone's like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. I want to be a part of this, like a way, and you know, like, yeah, I think a lot of people, especially someone like you who already has an audience out there and have been waiting for new music, new music, um, they're just like looking for a place to support you. So I think that Patreon would be an awesome, an awesome place. Yes. Yes. I, um, I was wondering, like, um, I did think of a few questions and I, I feel like you answered, um, a lot of them. So thank you. That's awesome. Because I was going to ask you about feedback and like, you know, that whole thing. But I think like, yeah. if you could say like, like, what's something that you wish you knew when you started, you know, like, yeah. Okay, definitely. Um, when you start your Patreon, be conservative with how much you promise to do. Yeah. Because you'll get excited in the beginning, and it'll just it'll be very, it'll, it'll be difficult to be like, okay, I'm making like a hundred dollars a month on this and I'm devoting like five hours a week. That's going to make you stressed out. So I would in the beginning, and you can always change, um, your, like what you're promising to everyone whenever you want to. So in the beginning promise, like not too much. <laughs> yeah. that's <laughs> Because awesome. if you over, you can always add more but if you take things away, it doesn't look good. Um, and also I kind of, you know, I had in my tiers like merch rewards worked into every tier, um, for the album, even though the album didn't come out until like a year later, but I told everyone else, like, if you join now, like I will have your mailing address. Like if you are at the $15 tier, you will get a CD in the mail. It'll almost be like a pre-order. Um, it Well, it is a pre-order, but like through Patreon. Mm-hmm. So I totally, totally suggest that you do that. And But also remember that a year from now is going to roll around and you're going to have to fulfill all of these and you're going to have to pay for shipping. Yeah. And so I'm really glad that I had like, you know, if you're going to be shipping someone a vinyl, make sure it's like a higher tier Mm -hmm. because the worst thing you want is to be like, Oh my gosh, I have all of these things to fulfill from when I did this before. And I don't like really have the budget in my album budget from the Patreon to pay for like thousands of dollars of shipping. And I say this out of uh, (laughs) experience. Um, (laughs) That makes total sense. (laughs) Yeah. So just like be mindful of that. Um, And so is there anything other, other other questions you have like with Patreon specifically? Yeah, I think the only other one um, you touch on a lot here, but I, I think the other one is the idea of the tiers. Like, is there anything you feel like you, you learned early and you changed that you feel like is working really well now or, you know, because that's kind of feels intimidating to me, I think, to decide like, okay, $5, $15, 50, yeah. you know, or whatever. <laughs> I would have, I think in the beginning I had so many tiers. I had so many, I had like seven tiers. It's like, no, don't do that. Like, do you like keep it simple for your own sanity? I would say like three or four tiers. And, um, you know, I've seen this happen more and more in Patreon. That's very cool. You can have different tiers, but everyone gets the exact same, um, everyone gets the exact same uh, rewards, which I think is a really fascinating concept. It's kind of just like, hey, like everyone is equal. You give what you can and I will give you all the same. I don't do that Um, because I had been on Patreon for like years before I started seeing that. And maybe I would have done that if I had started it later, but I have seen a lot of artists do that. And I think it's very cool. 
and it very much simplifies your work. But um, I also think that, so yeah, so not too many tiers. Really consider um, the lower tiers, it being like po- like posts. And if you're yeah. going to do anything that is mailing, make sure it's like a $50 or more to like send something, send something in the mail monthly. Because when you're making an album, you know, it's like you, like, to, I was handwriting postcards like <clears throat> once a month. <laughs> And it was like so wonderful. And it was just, it was, I was spreading myself too thin. So um, I very much like be mindful about how much work things are going to take and make sure that the higher tiers are, are getting the things that are going to take more work. So you don't end up like resenting your own patrons. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or just feeling like overextended, which is like exactly a big part of (laughs) what I'm trying to trying to avoid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like let's get into like more album release stuff. Um, specifically, um, I, so, um, you had asked me in our like initial email about, you know, releasing singles ahead of an album release and like my thoughts on that. Um, I think that I, I, I mean, everyone has a different, uh, opinion on this. Like everyone listening, like this is how I release. And like, it's definitely not correct. Like everyone does things differently, but I think that elongating a release as for as long as possible is, um, is very effective while also, I mean, there are, I've seen people release two singles and then release a 10 track album. Um, so like one single and then like two months later release the single and then like two months later release 10 track album. To me, that's very fast. And you're putting in a lot of money into this album that only gets like four or five months in the sun. To Mm -hmm. me, that feels stressful. And then there is like, I've seen people do a strategy where it's like they release one song a month for 10 months. That also to me doesn't feel as um doesn't resonate with me because it's like okay but then when you drop an album it's gonna be like kind of anticlimactic because Mm -hmm. we've heard all the songs yeah (laughs) we have like you know (laughs) and so I released like four or five singles yeah and then I released my album um I also think that being flexible with your timeline is really powerful um especially if you're making topical music because you never really, especially during COVID, it was kind of like, we didn't really know like what, you know, there was like weeks where I was like, I feel like releasing music right now is like inappropriate. Like this feels like just weird. And there were weeks where I was like, I think the world needs a pick me up. So like, that's how I released fight like a girl. Like I kind of made that decision a a week earlier. I was like, okay, I think the world needs to pick me up. So I would, or there's also the whole thing where it's like, okay, if one song is like really catching steam, yeah. Then like keep milking it. Just like make like micro content after micro content and like TikTok after TikTok, like <laughs> Instagram reel after Instagram reel. If people are digging it and milk it. And then once you feel like that song is starting to like, okay, everyone's heard this song enough, release another song. Yeah. But then if there's a song that you release and it's like, you just don't really feel like it's getting traction. You don't really feel like, you know, you're, you're losing people's attention. And it's, it's never even like personal about the song. It's just like, sometimes like, it's just, you never really know then maybe it's time to release another song. And so I think getting too rigid in timelines, um, especially as an independent artist, I think can work against you because I think that our, as an independent artist, our flexibility is like our strength. Yeah. And so I suggest lots of singles while still saving a chunk of the, of the songs for the album release and being flexible with a timeline. Um, and for every song you release, like making as much social media content as possible. Um, like I, I talked about TikToks and reels and like post like a 30 second version of the song and like a, like the whole song. And then like a, a video of like you just singing the song to your dog. And then a video <laughs> of like you like running, singing the song, like literally like bang everyone over the head with the song and, yeah. and then release another song because that song will only be new in that, in that time. And it's only, it's, it's most fun when it's new. So I'm all about like micro content and so many, and like, and like a lyric video and like a lyric thing and like all this stuff. Um, and then in terms of like music videos, now I'm like starting to get into my, like my rambly, but 
<laughs> I'm like going from thought to thought to thought. But with music videos, in our initial email, you asked me like what I was glad about my album release. And yes. I think one thing for me I was very glad about is that I didn't spend too much money on music videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone listening, like everyone, I think your album release is very specific to your situation with money. Because if you have a ton of like unlimited amounts of money, I mean, no one does, but if you have a lot of money, yes, you can, you can put a lot of money into publicity and music videos and and things like that. I was on a very limited budget with my album. And the one thing I didn't want to spend $30,000 on, or like even like $10,000 on or whatever was music videos, because I think that with an awesome music video is great it's so exciting it's amazing it goes viral like oh my gosh but right now we're in this like time when ultra intimate ultra personal content is like really attractive and people love yeah and like people like love like a video of you just like kind of playing your song with your dog sometimes will like get more attention than like a really um polished music video it's not always the case there are tons of incredibly polished videos that get a lot of attention but I think that we all need to really really think about how much money we have and how devastating it would be if you made like a ten thousand dollar music video or even like a three thousand dollar music video or two thousand dollars really one thousand dollars and like it got you know and it didn't soar to the heights that you really want it to and just think about how how that would reflect on your finances, I think is an important question. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I can, I'm like living proof of that too, because I definitely like did that for my last record and mm. it, it, it really knocked me out financially, which then just knocked me out like emotionally, spiritually, physically, yeah. you know, but yeah. I'm curious, like just kind of circling back to micro content and like yeah. social media, I, like I, I, I know you've talked about this before on the podcast, how like it's, it can be so daunting, especially for artists because we're so sensitive and like it, it's just, it's like almost sensory overload. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm curious, like what you've, where you've learned about like micro content and just, Mm -hmm. you know, any, anything about that, that you feel like. I think the greatest, I don't even know if like micro content is like an actual thing if I just made it up today, but I think it is. You should trademark it. Well, yeah. (laughs) But like, honestly, like um, for one's like mental sanity, like scrolling is the worst thing you can do. But for like research, it's like scrolling is the best thing you can do. Because when I got, and I, I think that like, TikTok is not for everyone. I never post on TikTok. Erica is like the queen of TikTok and I'm just the worst. But I I see um, a very valid thing, a very exciting thing about TikTok and also reels and this way of telling your story in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is like go on TikTok and find all of the singer songwriters and what are they doing? And I'm finding some of the most captivating content, micro content from singer songwriters is like 30 seconds of your song or a cover song or whatever, and writing out all of the lyrics as captions. I mean, like, you know, popping it up, blah, blah. And um, so many of those will like catch fire if like they've got a really wonderful, like sentimental or anything uh, beautiful message. Um, like my friend Madison Malone, she had one, it was like 30 seconds and it was a love song. And I just started crying. Like it was like 30 seconds, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And like, and Erica, she's always telling me, it's like, if you have a song posted on TikTok, like 10 different ways, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and this is also like, um, I will say to everyone, we all have a different relationship with time as well. Some of us have more time and less time. And if making 10 TikToks is like absolutely insane to you, like this is, this is you do not have to do this. <laughs> but, how much um, does like one tech, TikTok take? Like how much time does it oh usually take? Oh my gosh. It could take anywhere from 10 minutes to 10 years. Like I swear. <laughs> but um, sometimes like the one, like Erica, like she had a TikTok at like a million views or something. And it was like one of her TikToks that she just kind of recycled 
old content into and then did a really cool thing but um and tiktok is a whole other beast and like i think everyone should spend some time watching tiktok tutorials on youtube and whatever but yeah basically finding a way to tell your story in 30 seconds in as many different ways as possible on instagram and on tiktok um and this is like i mean i I've seen, I was looking at an artist TikTok that was very interesting to me. And it was the MP3. It was like the actual song, like not, not an acoustic version, but the actual song. And it was playing, you know, over the TikTok. And she was just like, this is my song. This is who I am with like different kind of like captions pop up. Yeah. And she explained the song and I went on her TikTok and I just scrolled through. And she explained this, the exact same song, like 10 different ways. Like one of them, she was like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. I wrote this song because my boyfriend broke up with me. And like, blah, blah, blah. And then the next time she was like, hi, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm a singer songwriter from New York and blah, like just different facts, all like real facts. And like one of them got like thousands and thousands of views and the other ones didn't get many views at all. So you like never really know in which way you're going to tell your story in 30 seconds that's going to catch on and be really interesting to people. So um, I think that with content, sometimes me and Eric always talk about like not overthinking it too much and just to create and create and create and create and to see what sticks. Um, and then in terms of content too, I wrote down a couple of things like um, I think I think that what's changed about like with Instagram now is that people I try to refrain from posting any recycled content not in terms of like, I mean, not recycled content, more so like backlogged content. So posting something that you created that day or the day before, I think is more captivating than like reposting a photo from like a year ago, which used to be like, I used to see it a lot. And I just, I don't know why like Instagram like now knows um, that something is old. <laughs> no, it's like That's so funny. hard. So I think that, um, I think that, leading up to the album release and like around it posting like five days a week yeah. and at least. And um, I think that, I mean, you told me kind of like I took a little bit of a look at your Instagram and yeah. you're asking me like what you could work on with it. And um, I kind of had, I, I kind of came up with this whole like idea in my head about um I just came up with this whole concept and I think that we all have like kind of think of like the five pillars of your brand yeah. for this release. And so for me, I could say like, you know, music, I think for a musician will always be number one, you know, so it's music. And then for me, it's like racial justice, environmentalism, my dog and roller skating. Like yeah. these are like kind of the things that I post about most because they, those, these are the things that mean most to me every day of my life. Mm -hmm. And every post you make should be touching on hopefully at least two and preferably three of these things. Oh, and like so, that. yeah. So like when I post about racial justice, generally there is a tie in with music mm -hmm. or with environmentalism or something. And when I post about my dog, it, there's, I'm, there's generally some tie in with also roller skating or music or environmentalism you know, and so kind of rounding out your story and understanding, I think that sometimes, um, as singer songwriters, we all can fall into the trap of only posting about music. Yeah. And I think that remembering that like, okay, we are musicians, but also people are here, not just because of what we make, but also who we are and what we do and what means a lot to us. And so I think like spending some time, like writing down like what your five pillars are and, really marinating in like, you know, how are your five pillars different from what they were three years ago on your last album release? And, um, and then I think that, uh, also with like Instagram, it's important to, if you're a singer songwriter posting a video of you playing at least every four or five videos, or sorry, at least every four or five posts is super important. Um, and yeah, <laughs> Oh my gosh. So there's like so much we have to keep talking about. Okay. So continue. What is it? What ask me a, another question about. Yes. Yes. Okay. Releasing. So let's see. 
coming back to like the album release idea. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm big on like, what are <laughs> the top three things? Um, so, but like looking back on your album release and now being, you know, kind of removed from it, mm-hmm. um, what are three things that you're like, so glad you did? Like, yeah, you know, I wrote down in my little doc right here, like one, I already said, I'm really glad that I was flexible with my timeline and I mm-hmm. like allowed myself to shift. Um, I'm grateful I didn't spend too much money on music videos. Mm-hmm. It was also kind of, I had no choice because it was COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, my music videos are like pretty, pretty simple because I couldn't really have people in them. Um, and I'm grateful I didn't get too caught up in Spotify. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Annie. It's okay. Hi, Annie. Um, I think that like it is, Spotify is so like, enticing and attractive and fun and like every time I talk to anyone about album releases or anything everyone's like how do you get your Spotify numbers up like how do I like do more on Spotify and like I don't know like (laughs) I like I definitely want to have my Spotify numbers be better too but I think that getting too emotionally invested in one platform is like so just not a great way for our emotional for our emotional energy of releasing an album but I will give you this really fun um, trick. I think that we all get really caught up in like, oh, I want to like get on like a Spotify editorial playlist. Mm-hmm. But instead of focusing on like the official Spotify playlist, a lot of like small labels or um, radio stations or like organizations or like people – make Spotify playlists and they have a lot of followers. So kind of start stalking folk or pop playlists on Spotify and see who's curating them and see if there's a way to reach them via Instagram or Facebook messenger. Yeah. Um, Because I did that and a lot of random, like it's not a Spotify editorial playlist, but there are these really amazing um, curators that you can reach on Instagram or Facebook that have really popular playlists and getting on one of those can like really boost your numbers. Yeah. Um, And so that's like a trick for sure. But Spotify is one of those things where it's like, oh, and then you talked about pre-saving. Pre-saving does really help with Spotify. Can Um, you maybe explain pre-saving? Yes. Yeah, I was like, oh man, I've been out of the game for a while. I don't know anything. And everyone just keeps telling me to pre-save. Yeah. And that's pre-saving cool. is important. <laughs> pre-saving is important. Basically, a pre-save is a link that anyone can click and save your song on their Spotify account or their Apple Music account before the song comes out. Okay. So algorithmically on Spotify and Apple Music, having a lot of people save your song the day it comes out will make it more visible for release radar um, and more visible in the algorithm, whatever. Um, And so if you can get as many people as possible to save it before the first day on the first day, it'll be like a hundred people pre-saved it or saved it because they already did. Yeah. And another thing that's cool about pre-saving is that people can like, add it to one of their playlists before it comes out. So the day it comes out, it's already on that playlist. Oh. Um, so pre-saving is really valuable. It's really hard to get people to pre-save songs because sometimes the links like don't are just like, it's hard. It's like, I don't know, like sometimes like different phones, it just doesn't work super well, but I'm definitely the person who it's like, okay, if I'm at like, if I'm in a crowd of people and we're like, chilling i'm like oh it was at the ads cap expo this like was so funny i was at the ads cap expo and everyone was like hey this guy was like will you all pre-save my song and we were like sure <laughs> that's awesome and so like i'm all about that hustle <laughs> yeah yeah no i think that's like the way to do it because you know people see it yeah. on instagram and they're like oh and they you know i've tried a couple times and like i haven't figured it out and i'm like i feel like i'm I could do better for my friends, but I can't. I, I know it it's out. the kind of thing where you click the link and you're like, uh, and then so there's different. There are different 
platforms that you can do pre-saving on. I don't really know the top of my head exactly like my favorite one, but it's like you don't you don't set up a pre-save through Spotify. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, you do it like through like a third party thing. So I'm sure there's like ones that are better than others. So like doing some due diligence on like which ones are good would be yeah. good. Um, also, everyone, all the information I'm giving right now, sometimes these things have changed since I have, my album has come out. So forgive me if like Spotify is already doing pre-saving themselves, but I don't think they are. Um, okay. So um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is you asked me about my thoughts on a publicist. Yes, that is, I'm curious what they are. Yeah, so this is also a big one that I always get asked um, as an independent artist because, you know, like we're talking from the perspective of an indie artist, like we don't have a label who's like fitting the bill for publicity and for tour support and everything. Like it's all coming out of our own pockets. So I my, my belief on publicity is my same belief on music videos where it's like you have to be very honest with yourself what your financial position is Mm -hmm. and if and making and hiring a publicist is one of those things where you pay them up front you do not pay them I I mean I know I know you know this Caitlin I'm just gonna say it for everyone else but like you pay them up front so if they don't get you anything you still have to pay them so it is a form of rolling the dice but Obviously, there are ways to make very informed decisions about hiring a publicist. And so, one, you have to get painfully honest with yourself, everybody, about your financial position, as I talked about. And also, um, I would only ever work with a publicist who is actively getting things that you want. Like, if your goal of, like, my goal for my last record is, like, I must have a write-up in Rolling Stone or I will be very mad. <laughs> and so I was like very, very adamant and NPR. And I was very adamant about finding a publicist who has very good connections with Rolling Stone and NPR. Yeah. And so if there is something like that for you, Caitlin, where it's like, okay, there's this one outlet that like I'm hiring a publicist because I think that being on this outlet would be a make or break thing for my album. Target publicists who are like, Every single one of their clients is on that or like many of their clients um, are on those things and that are getting people of your genre on those things. And if they're not, I don't think the odds are in your favor um, yeah. because like I said, it's it's a gamble to hire a publicist. Um, similarly, similarly, like a label, we shouldn't just work with a publicist because we think it'll make it easier because a lot of times it'll make it harder if you end up spending a lot of money that you don't have. Um money that could go towards something else. Um, and it can be a mistake unless it's a great situation. Um, I am very, very grateful. I worked with my publicist. I work, I worked with lucky bird media on this last album release and like Maddie, my publicist, like knocked it out of the park and like got me on all the things I wanted. And I'm so, so glad. And I almost like, felt bad for all of my like kind of haterness on publicity I've had for like (laughs) many years. But I think that if I hadn't gotten Maddie or like anyone that I felt like had her same passion for my music and was getting the, the outlets that I wanted for her other clients, I probably would have just been like, no. Um, I don't think that going into a publicity as like a, who's going to be my publicist. I don't think it's a good attitude. I think it's like, if I find the right publicist, let's do it. Um, yeah. 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 That's super helpful. I, I agree with that. I mean, I've worked with, you know, I've, I've always been, I've always asked that question at the beginning of a record cycle. Like, do I do yeah. this? And like, I've also it's worked in publicity. One. Yeah. So yeah. like, I know what it is and I know yeah. how hard it is to do that job. You know, so and I also know how hard it is to like make any noise as a musician. So like I know this the the landscape, yeah. and I just I find it interesting because I I know you've had just like amazing success with this record, but I also do think that it sometimes is like you have great music, you have a great publicist, and the timing is such that mm-hmm. the world is like yes. Like, let's have more of that, you know? And, and yeah, so it's, it's like, all, it it's all magic goes into a it. little bit. 
Yeah, yeah. There's like so many moving parts and like so many different parts of the team. And it's like just because the publicist loves your music and can and can and has the relationships doesn't mean it's like always going to work out. And so it's the kind of thing I think that uh, I mean, I'll keep saying it over and over again. Um, we talk a lot about money on this podcast and I'm very transparent about money. I don't think anyone should ever put themselves in a position where an album is going to be putting their um, financial like sanity at risk, you know, <laughs> to sound dramatic about it. But I think that we all have to remember that our art like this is the create well podcast. And yes. if you're going to create and if you're going to release music, you have to stay well within it and that we all can dream big while still making sure that we're taking care of ourselves and not spreading ourselves or our money too thin. Um, and, um, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, in our last few questions, Caitlin, is there anything else that we haven't talked about yet? I feel like I'm talking a mile a minute, but this is usually how I do like consulting sessions. I usually I do them in like 30 minutes and I tell everyone, I'm like, I'm going to talk really fast. You can record this whole thing and then listen back to it later. <laughs> Cause I'm just going to like talk like a crazy lady. But anyway, um, yeah. So it. any other questions? Caitlin? Yeah. I mean, this has been so, so helpful. And oh my God. like, <laughs> I, yeah, I just like loved talking about it. I loved just basking in in your wisdom and and also hearing like I don't know it makes me feel excited to to try and and um yeah you know it's so exciting yeah. <laughs> it's so exciting I think that's like the biggest thing for me like I think we can get in this like headspace with album releases where it's like I'm gonna release an album and like there's gotta be a perfect color scheme that's gonna be on my Instagram and everything has to be perfect and pristine and like album worthy. And I think sometimes that gets us into this place of like, uh, like in this, like it's, you know, every music video I have to release has to be like beautiful and pristine and, and expensive and nice and like la la la. And I think that one thing I'm glad with my last record, I kind of, I just, I tried my hardest the whole time. It was to not take my album too seriously, yeah. you know, and knowing that like, um, you know, not everything's going to resonate just because one song, even if it's like the first single, like people aren't like going crazy about does not mean that the next one's not going to be great. And, um, yeah. So, um, it's, have, it's supposed to be fun. Yes. Fun. Yes. <laughs> just like this has been so fun. Yes! <laughs> um, sorry, I interrupted you. Do you have another question? <laughs> I, I'm trying to think, I mean, you, you answered everything so thoroughly. I guess my, you know, like, I guess maybe like the last thing we can maybe touch on is, you know, this is sort of personal to me, but I think it could probably be applicable to like advice that other people would be interested in. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, I definitely got my feet wet as far as making my music and my last album about more than just m my music or myself, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and, and made it, you know, made it a movement in, in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess like personally, I'd love to know what, where you would like to see that like mm -hmm. built upon and like what feels interesting to you just like, per, like on a personal yeah. level. Totally. Totally. It's a great question. Like, I think that a lot of times we feel this pressure, like in order for like music to be moving or to be like a, like a movement, like kind of feeling or to be like world changing or to be impactful. Um, it has to have like a grand message that's like outside of ourselves. That's like, um, I think that in these like really dark times, um, we feel like this pressure to make statements with every single thing we do. And honestly, for me, I felt like it, sometimes the biggest statements we can do is like going as deep inward as possible. Yeah. And rather than thinking more about like, what can I say um, that's going to be like, how can I make this album as impactful for other people? It's like, how can I make this um, as like, how can I go deeper into myself? You know, how can I yeah. touch on the places within me that I don't want to go? 
Like, where are the places that um, are, like, sticky and icky and, like, um, embarrassing or shameful inside of me Yeah, that I can, like, kind of shed light on? And, and with that, it becomes, like, a statement itself. Um, and so, um, you know, I get that question a lot when people are asking me, like, how to write a protest song. And I never really feel like I write protest songs because I feel like I, I don't know how to really write about something outside of myself. It always has to come from some kind of weird place in myself that's like kind of taking it out and then like shining a light on it from like an outside lens. But yeah, so I think like my answer for you would be like, I think that to move forward, I would love like to see like in everyone's music and in your music, it's just like, how can I get even more personal? Like, how can I get even more uncomfortable and vulnerable and, like, sticky with this new record? And that's not only about this. I think, honestly, especially for you and for other people who are very, like, seasoned at being vulnerable in our music, it's not even about the music because you kind of have that down. It's like the music is incredibly vulnerable and it's incredibly laser focused on those, like, dark parts of yourself or, like, those really shameful or intense or incredibly like joyous parts of yourself. I think that when you're going into promoting the record and like sharing it on socials and that's when it's like, that's when it gets to the hard part of like, how do I really get so, so uncomfortably vulnerable? Yeah. Um, Because that is the most captivating part about, um, I think uh, w- witnessing an artist's journey of an album release is those like posts and those, you know, explaining the song or whatever the content that is just like, oh my God, this is like painfully relatable yeah. because it's so specific. So I think that like, as like, it's the same thing I would say to myself for my next record is I just want to get more specific, more vulnerable more icky and like more uncomfortable um i love that so that's really wise and aw yeah yeah. i love you caitlin (laughs) Um, i love you (laughs) i this has been so fun and i hope like everyone listening got something out of this and my kind of just like my wild brain of advice that i kind of give to all the folks that i consult with and um Everything. I definitely um, did. <laughs> yay, 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 yay. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say. Oh, and then I think that the last thing I wanted to say is like when you're releasing the album, um, reach out to as many people as possible to share it. I know that's like super, super like obvious, but I'm talking like as many people as possible. And I think we all get really, you know, caught up in like, yes, if you have friends who have a lot of Instagram followers and if you have friends who are influencers, like, hit them up, hit them up. Yes. Um, I get hit up all the time for that kind of thing. And I'm always like, totally like it's, it takes nothing to share. And if you're someone out there who has influence, like share, 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 share. <laughs> and, um, that, and then also, um, I think that if you make a list of, um, of people who have uh, social media influence that you are connected to, um, and I think that when I, when me and Erica talk about this kind of stuff, everyone, it's like, I don't know why people, there's like shame around, um, there's like shame around like asking someone to do something for you if they have influence. And <laughs> yeah. I think that that's so silly because we're supposed to lift each other up. But what I did and what, what Delta, I mean, Delta Ray, I, I took this from Delta Ray because um, Delta Ray sent me like this little box of like cute stuff with like a candle and like the album and like confetti and like tarot cards with like a different um, member of Delta Ray on each one and didn't ask anything from me, but they just like sent it to me as like a, here's our record. And like, uh, well, what did I do that night is I was like all over my Instagram, like how cool is Delta Ray? <laughs> and like listening to the album and like taking pictures of it and like, I know this like sounds so like cringeworthy Instagram stuff, but I think it's very powerful. So I did that. I sent out like 50 boxes that were all cute and like confetti with my record to like a lot of my friends who are influencers. And I 
just sent it to them and was like, you know, if, I hope you listen to the record. And yeah. a lot of them posted about it. And that was really helpful to create buzz before the record came out. So I I, awesome. I, I urge people to do that, hit people up for their mailing addresses or to send it to things over email. But I think having a physical thing is really awesome. I've gotten CDs from people. I've gotten, you know, people I maybe met once hit me up like, oh, what's your mailing address? Can I send you a CD? And then they'll send me like some kind of like packaged thing with their CDs and stuff. And um, I always share about it. And again, again, everyone, if this is not in your budget, it is like gifting, it is shipping, it is something, um, but it does go a very long way if you can work it into your budget. Um, Honestly, it could be, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're not feeling a hundred percent on like a publicist, you you, that, could, that, that budget might be a <laughs> totally. good stepping stone, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I, yeah, I, uh, yeah, uh, that's very good advice. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so anyway, that's like, I mean, we've been chatting for an hour. This is great. I'm so, so, so grateful to you, Caitlin, for being like our guinea pig of like our live consulting and anyone who's listening, if you want to get some like live on the air advice from me or Erica, hit us up, email us info at createwellpodcast.com and uh, stay tuned for Caitlin Mahoney's new music. Um, Caitlin, can you tell us real quick where we can find your music? Yes. Um, so I'm on Spotify and Apple Music and all the places that you um, can stream uh, as Caitlin Mahoney. It's my name and my artist name. And um, I also, <laughs> I have some vinyl records um, and some other fun merch that features uh, female created art on my website. So you can go to CaitlinMahoney.com slash shop to find Yay. those if you like. <laughs> I'm so stoked for the new music and thanks for being on the pod. We're so grateful to have you and I'll see you later. Thank you. And now for the create well challenge of the week. This week's Great Well Challenge is to go and find some advice, go reach out to somebody who you admire or love and um, ask them some questions, get some advice, uh, consult with them. We can learn so much from each other. And this week's song is Minute by Caitlin Mahoney. So this is what it feels like Breathing Breathing clean air And this is what it feels like Healing Healing wounds You lied You called it love
So you can't have one more minute You can't have one more minute The world is calling and I belong in it So you can't have one more minute The world is calling and I belong in it So you